Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. Paul Cromwell was feeling very sorry for himself tonight. He was basically a selfish man. His normal attitude of self-preservation had broken down only once when he fell in love with Kit Shelton. He'd fallen in love so deeply then that he'd been willing to collaborate with her in deceiving Lisa Fenner. The aftermath of that situation, when Paul had learned how Kit had used him, had completely embittered him toward her. Now, Kit had turned up in Miami. At first, Paul had believed her hysterical behavior was simply another attempt to involve him. But the night she'd broken into his room, Kit's wild incoherence had really alarmed him, and the doctor he called had confirmed his suspicion that the girl was suffering a genuine mental breakdown. Dr. Nielsen had insisted that she must not be moved, at least for the present. And so, Paul had been forced to turn his luxurious suite into a sick room. Well, now, the following day, the kid has fallen into a deep sleep, induced by a sedative, while Paul and the doctor converse in low tones at the far side of the room. Hey, Mr. Cromwell, I'd leave you asleep until morning now. Oh, thank heaven for that. I don't think I could stand much more of that raving. It's unnerving. Oh, of course. It's most unfortunate. I realize how deeply the girl's condition affects you. Seeing a person one fond of in such a state. Well, that's not quite the situation, Doctor. The fact is, the thing bothering me now is the responsibility. 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 Not to say the inconvenience. The inconvenience? Well, you see, I'd planned a cruise with some friends. We were to leave tomorrow. But Mr. Cromwell... You surely wouldn't consider such a move with your... I mean, with Miss Calvert in the state she's in. No. No, I realize it's impossible. But good Lord, Doctor, she's not my responsibility. If only I could get in touch with her father. I called him again this afternoon, but he's still out of town. Was there no one there with whom you could discuss the girl's condition? I talked to her stepmother, but... Her stepmother... Wasn't she able to make some arrangements in her husband's absence? Well, so far as I've been able to gather, there's no love lost between Kit and her father's new wife. I see. Mr. Calvert has recently remarried, and the resentment exists between daughter and stepmother. It's not too unusual. Perhaps that might throw some light on Miss Calvert's condition at present. A father fixation. It might, but I doubt it. No, I'd say the underlying cause of Kit's breakdown went much deeper further back in her life. In any event, someone in authority must be notified. Yes, I suppose so. These mental cases are, well, at this stage, improper handling, or another shock might have serious results. You mean she might never return to, to normal? Unless she's given proper treatment, anything could happen, Mr. Cromwell. I hesitate to make a definite statement since the case is quite outside my line, but I do know it's imperative that her people take over and make proper arrangements for her case. Yes. I can't imagine why her father hasn't called. He must have received the message by now. Did you impress upon Mrs. Calvert just how urgent it was? Indeed I did. And she assured me she'd give her husband the facts the minute he returned to Wakefield. And Jesse had given Ben the message, but in such a way that Ben had discounted the story, assuming it to be a deception planned by Kit in order to get herself back in her father's good graces. And so instead of telephoning Paul Cromwell... Kit's father had taken Jesse to the opening of Wakefield's new supper club, where, at this moment, Ben is having a brandy and soda with a business acquaintance. Jesse is sitting on the terrace with Brett Cameron. Oh, I finally caught up with you, darling. Caught up with him? 
I wasn't aware he'd been pursuing me. Oh, yes, you were. You've been dodging me all evening. Very cleverly, too. Well, now that you have tracked me down, I hope you're satisfied. No, not entirely. What's the matter, Brett? Aren't you having a good time? Oh, I suppose so. In an ordinary sort of way. And you, Jesse? After all, this is the major social event of the season. I'll make the most of it. You know, one of the disadvantages of being an old man's darling is don't get about much. The way you talk about Ben. One would think he was practically doddering. Oh, isn't he? At least compared with me. Frankly, I don't feel it's necessary or even advisable to compare him with you. Could it be you're afraid your husband might suffer a better comparison? No, it couldn't. And I wish you wouldn't be so smart, Brett. I've given you no justification for talking about Ben like this. He's my husband and... Well, I wish you'd show him more respect. You mean the respect due my elders? Oh, it's impossible. <laughs> After all, you know, you're not in a juvenile class yourself. Even though you do behave like one. It's your fault, Bessie. You make me feel young, full of vitality. But I assure you, I'm not juvenile. I wish you wouldn't say something. Well, but why, Jeffrey? All you have to do is believe me. You're really quite fond of me, if you'll only admit it. There's such a thing as... as... <laughs> I don't say there's such a thing as fidelity, or I'll laugh. Besides, I'm sure we interpret the word differently. To me, it means fulfilling one's destiny in as pleasant a way as possible. And no matter what means you may have to use. Brett, what did you want of life? You, Jeffrey. That is, among other things. Don't joke. I'm really curious. You're so irresponsible. You, you just seem to drift along with no plan of living, no way. Why, Jesse, that's not true at all. I have a plan. Quite a definite one, as I told you the other day. And you form an important part of it. Then perhaps you'd better tell me what it is. I will. I will when you're properly receptive. And you realize what a mistake you're making. Mistake? You sold it out, Jesse. Sold out without needing to. Oh, but never mind. When the time comes, I'm going to keep you how you can have your cake and eat it too. It's not possible. You see, in time. You know, I was rather surprised to find you here this evening. Surprised and pleased to, of course. Why surprised? Well, after that phone call about your charming stepdaughter's difficulties in Miami, I rather thought Ben wouldn't be in the mood for revelry. Does he look as if he's suffering? No, he doesn't. It makes me wonder. Jeffy, are you quite sure you gave Ben that message? Well, certainly I did. I wouldn't be fool enough to withhold it. Well, I must say I am baffled. I know it was cold, self-centered, but I did think he'd rally around if his daughter was actually in trouble. That's just it. Obviously, she's not. But Jeffy, this afternoon, after you talked to this Cromwell, you said you believed she was. But Cromwell was genuinely upset about it. Perhaps I said that at the time. Matter of fact, I believe it was you who convinced me it couldn't be true. I've decided Paul Cromwell and Kit since put their heads together and cooked this story up between them. You really think so? Of course I do. Quite logical. And Ben comes to the same conclusion. She took him for a ride once too often, that's all. She's not interested anymore, and you can't blame her. Jesse, you needn't lie to me. I don't know what you mean. You're playing a very cagey game, my dear. Don't try to convince me it's all about helping us. Go on for you, darling. I realize that you're doing everything you can to cut the last bonds Ben has with that daughter. 
And once you do, your own position will be secure. Believe me, I hope you succeed. I don't believe you. Not that I admit you're on the right track anyway. But my I... dear, you don't understand. I want you to play along with Ben. Except in with my scheme. You expect me to believe you when on one hand you do everything you can to undermine my relationship with Ben, and on the other you pretend to be all for it. Look, darling, did you ever hear of a gentleman by the name of Machiavelli? Well, I'm a great admirer of his. He went about getting what he wanted in a strategy. You see, it's no use rushing in and thrashing around like a bullet at the time, sir. What's wiser to work delicately, subtly? Let other people do most of the work for you. And that's why I compliment you on the way you handled this kit situation. You fixed it so Ben thinks it's a hoax, which means there's no danger of you having it back in the house again. I certainly won't, if I can prevent it. Very wise, Jesse. Continue using your head and we'll both come out with what we want. But perhaps you're being overconfident, Brett. For Paul Cromwell is still determined to talk to Kit's father. And if he does, and Ben hears the ring of genuine concern in Paul's voice, well, Ben will realize Kit's illness is not a false play for sympathy. If Ben knew that Kit is actually in need of help, he might change his mind. And Kit's return to her father's affections might spoil Jesse's plans as well as your own, Brett. 